Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Financial Times podcast, Hard Currency, our weekly tour of the foreign exchange market. I'm Roger Blitz, and the week has been pretty much about one question. Is the euro back in favour, or can the rally in the dollar continue? The question is uppermost in investors' minds because next week sees important central bank meetings, the Federal Reserve and the European Central Bank both deciding their next course of action. And while another Fed hike is on the cards, the ECB has been warming up the market market to a big announcement on asset purchases and the potential start of normalisation. Which way is the market pointing? In favour of the euro or is it still dollar positive? With me to look at this issue is Jane Foley, Forex analyst at Rabobank. Jane, we had this period of dollar resurgence. It was 7% up in the course of about a month. But the last seven days, the euro is back up about 2.5%. Are we seeing another turn in this key exchange cross? Well, you know, if we look over the perhaps the next uh, few months, I'm certainly in the camp that the dollar will win the day. Now, I think it's natural that the euro pops back up. After all, you mentioned that that the size of the dollar rally, the speed of the dollar rally Mm. was really very significant. And in that environment, it's fairly natural that we have a little bit of more positioning adjustment, some backtracking, maybe a period of consolidation. But next week, if we look at those two policy meetings, what are we going to get? Well, we almost know for certain that we're going to get an an interest rate hike from from the Federal Reserve. What we don't know is, is necessarily about their guidance, but we, what we have already is a commitment by them, or an indication at least, that they will hike interest rates three times in total this year. Yes. So that's another one. Uh, and, and the market, of course, has been debating whether or not that could turn into four yes. in total. So that's on the Fed side. Yes. And, and the dollar has, has rallied in the absence of ECB um, pushing, pushing its, its own story until this week. Until this week, indeed. And and suddenly we had these indications which were taken as, as hawkish that we might get something on the quantitative easing programme. Mm. But is that really new news? Because if you think what we did know already, we knew that by September they were going to have to announce something because they've only given us an indication about what their policy is going to be until then. And if you look at uh, certainly my colleagues who are ECB watchers, they've been saying for quite some time that, you know what, almost irrespective of the fundamentals in the market, almost irrespective irrespective of the politics in in Italy or irrespective almost of inflation, the ECB is constrained by supply. It's running out of bonds to buy. And therefore, it almost certainly will have to uh, do more tapering this year. So to that extent, did did you think that the the bounce in the euro this week in response to this, this warming up the market was actually quite constrained? I mean, actually, it hasn't really taken us back to the heady days of 125 back in January, February, nothing like that. Indeed. Well, in that in that term, well, yes, it is constrained. And and I think, you know, the dollar the dollar rally had been so fast that I think this degree of bounce back shouldn't be that it's considered exceptional. Um, but I, I think if we are going to look as to, to where we go now, we, of course, the market's focusing on, on, on these central banks. And what we think we might get is, yes, a message from the ECB that they will taper. We think that they will have to taper, as I've explained. But 
done so in a dovish way with a commitment to leave interest rates at the very, very low levels, we think, until at least September 2019. So uh, so there's a bit of... Um by when I say warming up the market, there's a bit of what expectation management going yes. on. Yes, and, and central banks are good at this. The ECB is is usually pretty good at this. Draghi, particularly, he understands mm. the market. He's he's generally very good at his communication. Yes. So yes, they don't want to surprise the market. They want to put this out there, uh, so we don't get a, a really significant reaction yes. next Thursday. I mean, some people were a bit taken by the Peter Prate, who's the ECB chief economist. He is fairly cautious, particularly about the ECB getting to its inflation target of 2%. So he was perhaps the surprise package of this week's messaging. I mean, yes. one uh, bank I saw thought his speech he gave was pretty remarkable for his tone. Um, what, do you, what did you make of what he well, said? I think there's another constraint on, on most G10 central banks right now. And this is the constraint to try and mend uh, the, the roof when the sun is shining. Yeah. I think that was a phrase that uh, an Argentinian uh, banker used. And and it's quite interesting because the week before when we were mired in this concern about Italian politics, there were various commentators saying, has the ECB missed its chance? Yeah. Should it have hiked already or started to normalise policy already? Is it, too, is it too late now? Growth is perhaps not as good as it was last year yes. and the politics are coming up to the fore again. So so maybe the ECB has, is thinking, look, you know what, we need to do something, we need to send these messages out there. We've got to taper further because of this supply constraint, irrespective of anything else. I, I mean, uh, to, to that very point, Jane, um, is it does the data, uh, the which it has been pretty soft, is is does the. the does it matter about the data at the moment if the ECB is, you know, determinedly trying to fix the roof while the sun is shining? Well, um, it's still soft. There's nothing it, it really is, remarkable it is still about soft. it. I mean, certainly if you look at German data that we saw released t- today, this this was uh, soft, um, and and I, I think there's no way to say it. But I think if you look at the data overall, what we can say is that growth appears to be on a on a less firm footing relative to last year, but still a decent footing. You know, we've still got decent levels of growth. It's just that last year it was exceptionally strong and it, and it's possible that one of the reasons that, that we're slowing down is just because there's some capacity constraints being hit so for, for whatever the reason yes growth is slower but it's not soft generally it's 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 still growth at, at, at just a less firm footing so that in itself is perhaps not a reason for them not to taper yes. um I, I think when you when you consider that combined with the, the fiscal concerns, combined with the likelihood that we are going to have battles between the Italian government and, and Brussels over oh, the next year, yes. that is a worry. And again, that is perhaps a reason why the ECB will not move on rates well, for quite I, a while. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned Italy. Um, I suppose that the, con- the context of this week's developments in the ECB is perhaps to persuade the market not to worry so much about Italy. But I think what you've just been saying is that's all very well for the next few weeks. But in the medium term, it's a very good thing to worry about. I think it is. I mean, well, well there's one thing which perhaps we are perhaps less panicked about as relative to last week. And, and this is about the position with the EU. Um, it appears that they could have been more aggressive with respect to the EU, but they're not going to be. Um, opinion polls in Italy uh, do suggest that uh, Italians want more. They did say certainly want a populist government more than they wanted to be in the EU, but they're not downright anti-EU. And I, I think that would be a step too far. So for now, what we're going to get are the battles with respect to um, the people saying that they want um, uh, more growth and, and in terms of more fiscal spending. And, and yet uh, Brussels constraints not necessarily okay. been in line with that. Does this 
so quickly risk on moves to risk off and perhaps back on again a lot of people i talk to still feel you know in a mood of um you know this is is this a period of consolidation or is this a period of wait and see a little bit of nervousness if you know we do get a strong signal from the ecb and a, a reasonably bullish fed can you envisage us actually very quickly having forgotten all that risk off period of recent weeks and actually hey come on let's go and buy assets again well i, I mean even if you look at the stock markets today if you look at the nasdaq yesterday well it was i think at a record high again yeah. so certainly there is um that temptation for some investors to to, to look at the upside of course some of this is is a is a reaction to uh, stock markets uh, to the currencies too the dollar was softer but the stock yes. markets are, are looking better um but but I do think that there is more to worry about this year than there was last year. Uh, trade talks, uh, 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 Brussels politics, or at least uh, Eurozone politics are, are suddenly something to worry about uh, again. Um, Brexit, you know, that there are there are lots of factors. There's still the, the North Korea issue. Um, I, I think that there is a danger that um, we or the market can have um, periods of complacency. Yes. Uh, you mentioned trade talks. We're about to see the, the G7 meeting in Quebec, or as it's been dubbed, the G6 plus one. Are these trade talks about to get a lot nastier? I mean, who knows? Is is Donald Trump's bark worse than his bite, as a lot of people have been saying? Uh, or, or could we see a situation where actually things are starting to get out of hand? Hey, and we're back worrying about volatility and we're back to risk off. Well, certainly that's a potential. Um, but I think right now the market is taking the, the, the view that uh, uh, this is about Donald Trump. We know uh, the art of the deal. He, he, he pushes hard and maybe he wants a compromise. But there's plenty of reasons to, to be really quite worried. Um, we know that this could escalate further. Um, how much ground is China really wanting to, to yes. give? Um, I, I think at the end of the day, I think a theme which could dominate um, you know, macroeconomic uh, discussions for the next two years, maybe longer is a power struggle between China and, and the US. And I think this is a function of that. And the rest of us are caught in the middle somewhere. Uh, countries such as Australia particularly caught, given the, the amount of trade that goes to China, given that the culture is perhaps more directed at the West. So uh, this is a very significant issue. Um, and it does have the potential to have very significant ramifications for the, for the world economy. But right now, I think the market is hoping that there will be compromises and that this will die down. My sense, Jane, is that you're pretty pessimistic about the, the medium-term outlook in general? Um, I, I suppose perhaps relative to the consensus, a little bit more pessimistic. Certainly, we're, certainly uh, our house view is pretty pessimistic with respect to China. Uh, and I think when you take that on board, when you consider that that's the second biggest economy in the world, it's difficult for that not to tinge uh, the outlook for the rest of the, the global economy. Um, but that, you know, that said, in the here and now for the next few months, yes, you know, world growth is still there. But I do think that uh, last year appeared to be a Goldilocks scenario. And this year that risk appetite has soured a bit. My thanks to Jane Foley of Rubberbank. So much to think about ahead of a very big week. Uh, we will digest all the big central bank decisions and how they are reported, plus the implications for sterling. We haven't talked about that from the Brexit vote coming up on Tuesday. Join us again next week for Hard Currency. Until then, it's goodbye.